Hey everyone, welcome to the Tap In With Taco podcast. I'm your host, Takato Watanabe. The goal of this podcast is to bridge the gap between the end of your military career to the start of your civilian career. On today's episode, I interview Nate, who is an Air Force pilot that started his own consulting firm. He talks about how he got his idea to start his business, how networking helped him land his first job after leaving active duty, and much more. This episode is jam-packed with some knowledge. I hope y'all enjoy it. In the Subaru with my Nikes on the dash. In the Subaru with my Nikes on the dash. In the Subaru with my Nikes on the dash. Nikes on the dash, Nikes on the dash. In the Subaru with my Nikes on the dash. In the Subaru with my Nikes on the dash. In the Subaru with my Nikes on the dash. Nikes on the dash, Nikes on the dash. Welcome, Nate, to the Tapping with Taco podcast. Thanks for being here today, man. I appreciate you taking your time out of your day to talk about entrepreneurship and networking. So why don't we start by kicking this off? Tell us tell us a little bit about yourself and your background in the military. Yeah, well, happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so I a uh, little background on myself. I, I grew up in Minnesota. I went to school at the Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs. So did that for four years and then went to pilot training and ended up flying the C-17 Globemaster. That's the large cargo plane. Imagine your audience is familiar. If you've been in the military, you've probably been on a C-17. Stationed here uh, at JBLM, so in the Seattle area, and then got PCS'd over to Hickam for like five years, which was awesome. Uh, after that, I decided to get out in the reserves. So when I got into the reserves, pretty much everybody else in my position, like my whole peer group, they were all flying for the airlines. That's just what you did after you fly for the, fly the cargo planes in the Air Force for a while. Uh, my wife was pregnant with twins. We also had a three-year-old daughter at the time. So I actually went a different route, ended up falling into consulting. So I, I started working as a consultant at Microsoft, uh, not in the tech space, but I ended up like maneuvering my way onto a software team and uh, and started getting certified up in in really agile software development, technical project project management type work. So I, I bounced around from Microsoft, went into Boeing, and then start decided to start my own company at that point. And said, "Hey, I can I think I can take military leaders uh, that are getting out of the military and and put them into this type of work, put them into technical project managers, scrum masters, some of these." Some of these more agile, non-development roles, uh, and so so that's what I did. I started Form One Hundred Consulting. We we take veterans, uh, military type leaders, and give and we work with clients to help help them build high performing software teams. And so we really just use a lot of the stuff that we learn in the military, serve leadership skills um, to uh, help teams like align, communicate, work on their processes, and just just really you know, get things done. So I've been out now for out of active duty for seven years. I'm still in the reserves at JBLM flying C-17s. And that's where I'm at now. Live in the Seattle area. Living the dream. That's awesome. Um, I really want to highlight your, your company and what you guys do a little bit later on in this episode. Sure. And I want to focus in a little bit more on your transition side. So between the time you went from active duty to the reserves, I think that's a lot of the times where a lot of the listeners are going to be is that transition period. Uh, are there any kind of lessons learned during your, your journey 
from active duty into the reserves and like, how did you find yourself into consulting um, when you were in the reserves? Yeah. So that transition is weird. It's hard. And I, I think anyone that's gone through it knows it's not super easy, especially if you've been in the military for a while, like it just becomes your becomes part of who you are. Really the transition starts while you're still on active duty because you have to kind of figure out what you're going to do. So when I got out, I went directly into the reserves and then I was in the reserves for probably four to six months before I actually, before I started working. And that's one of the things that I tell a lot of transitioning vets is you're not going to know while you're on active duty, what you want to do. And so if you have the ability to take some time between, between being on active and figuring out what you're going to do next, if there's a way that, you know, supplement your income or you have some stuff saved, then you should take that time to, to figure it out. One, just to decompress because it's kind of nice to not be on active duty when you're on it for that long. And then, yeah, at the same time, go and explore and start to figure out what you, what you really want to do and, and take the pressure off yourself because you know, you're not, um, you're not going to know right out the gate. Like you don't even know what you don't know. Um, You'll be looking at like, different types of careers and you don't even know what that is. Like if you might have a high level idea, but, but you're not going to know specifically what you'll be doing. So, you know, that's one of the bigger lessons I learned on that transition was just to not be super anxious to jump right in, right. Give yourself some space. So how did you figure out that you wanted to get into consulting um, between those four to six months? So I grew up in Minnesota. So all my high school friends in that group were in Minnesota. And then my whole network, you know, from college or academy and the Air Force were either still in the military or scattered around the country. So I had a really small network. And, you know, so networking is really the game. And that's where I started reaching out to people that I knew, people that I had kind of some past, some past interactions with. And then, you know, connected with, with some former uh, classmates, at the academy that were kind of in consulting. So I talked to them about what they did and really kind of figured out like, okay, this is an area that sounds really interesting. And so that's how I made the decision to go that route. Interesting. Let's talk a little bit more about networking. I think it's really important, even um, in the civilian side too, when you're switching jobs or switching careers, and it really applies to the military transition as well. Most of your network, the people you know is all military people. How do you branch out of that? And how do you break out of this, knowing only military folk to figuring out, okay, well, here are some people I should reach out to. And here's what I want to figure out what I want to do after the military. Yeah. Networking's the game. Like hundred percent. Like if you're going to get a job almost exclusively through networking. Uh, and I, I tell that to people that are transitioning all the time as well. Like I would rather go to a networking event and meet one person than send in 10 resumes because it, that's, that's really how, how you're going to get a job. And that's how almost everybody in the private sector gets jobs. Not all the time, for sure. It, you should still continue to apply, but, you, but the act of getting a network, the act of networking is, is where you make your money. So, so how do you do that? I mean, it's, it's hard because you're not used to doing it, right? You're not naturally comfortable reaching out and talking just to random people. We all kind of stay within our units. And we all have kind of a shared background. So I'd start first by just just working on the network that you do have, right? So 
finding those people that you do know, reaching out to them and just get comfortable, like reaching out to people, whether you do on LinkedIn or whether you go find random meetups and then start being comfortable, just randomly going to places. And it is super awkward. I get it. But showing up at, you know, let's say you want to get in the project management area, go find the local PMI chapter. That's a good place to start. You could just start going to some of their events and you might go there and stand around and not talk to anybody. But just the fact that you're going is going to help you get over that, I don't know, fear, I guess, of the awkwardness around networking. So it's been tough with this COVID, you know, the, everyone on lockdown, it makes it a lot harder. But that's, I recommend going out, reaching out. And um, once you kind of start feeling comfortable, just reach out to to people, maybe former veterans that are working at a company you're interested in and see if they'll see if they'll chat with you for 10, 15 minutes. I mean, that, just doing that type of thing. I mean, that's that's how you really start to build those relationships. I think it's funny you, you brought up the going to a networking event and not talking to anybody because that was me like five years ago. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, what am I doing here? <laughs> so, right, um, right. But yeah, it no. puts you out of the comfort zone and it, it helps you move forward to that next step, which is great. Yeah, because you, you have to focus on building your network. And the other thing I'll say on networking, uh, so a book recommendation, there's one called Never Eat Alone. Someone recommended that book to me and that kind of changed my perspective. And so networking isn't about just meeting people and seeing how they can help you. It's like meeting people and seeing where you can help them. And it doesn't have to be in the career space. It can be in any space. Uh, and, and even just that thought of like, when you meet somebody here, like listen to what they do, see if you know anybody that can help them. And, and then I always ask like, like, Hey, is there anything I can do to help you out? Maybe it's no, because you're early in your career, but Maybe later it's yes, right? And so I still do that pretty actively. I'm I'm always trying to help people out as much as I can because uh, I I'm a firm believer it'll all come back. Yeah, I think I think it's a great point. A lot of the times it's like, what what can you do for me? But if you flip it the other way, um, that makes a huge difference, especially from your perspective if you're trying to help other people out. Yeah, and it's how you approach that conversation. And when you talk to people, you, you want to be interested and listen to what they do and ask them questions and generally genuinely try to understand what what they're doing, what their problems are and where you can help. So yeah, so I mean, take that mindset anywhere and you never know who you're going to meet, meet up with. And like, I mean, I got a job through a friend in the Air Force who I knew who connected me to somebody else who was like an associate with some other person at, at a consulting firm that made a warm connection and then I ended up getting an interview. So it's, it's really random how it works. I want to, I want to go back. You're talking about what you can provide to other people. And mm -hmm. I think that kind of goes into the skills that you have as a military veteran from mm -hmm. your experience. What are some skills that you learned in the military that has helped you be successful in your business and on the consulting side as well? You know, when I look back at like the military career, there are a few things that just stand out. One is, is the ability to, to work hard. Like you just have to grind. Um, and it's always a grind. Uh, you know, it was a grind at the Academy. It was grinding pilot training, you know, flying, you know, 24 hour missions with, with the crew. I mean, that's a grind. And so you just, you just kind of embrace it and, and put your head down and, and go. Um, so the ability to, to do that, right. And that kind of falls into, to really like, Grit, almost. I think grit's a 
good word for that, which is like you're patient and you just keep working hard. So that's kind of table stakes. I think you just have to, you have to, you have to have the ability to, to work hard. And then, I mean, I was lucky. I had a lot of practice making decisions, organizing things when you're a C7. So when you're C17, like command aircraft commander, you're taking a small team of people out on a mission for two weeks at a time, you know, and you're kind of problem solving your way through things. You don't know what's coming up. You got to make decisions without full information and you just get, you get comfortable leading a crew. You get comfortable making those decisions. Uh, you get comfortable like organizing and task managing. So all of those things are exactly what software teams do. And, you know, and it's funny when I got out, they were like, yeah, we do two week long sprints. They're called. And, uh, and I was like, well, that sounds pretty familiar. Right. I mean, it's, it's, it's super, uh, it's super relevant. And so, you know, and, and I would say that most people in the military and enlisted or officer have the, that experience in some regard where, you know, you have to make these decisions, you have to take, take a leadership stance. And so that skill set isn't always grown in the private sector, especially at early in career. Um, so um, that's one of the things that I think really helped, helped me succeed in consulting. And then same thing when you decide to start your own business, I'd say that's more on the hard work and grit side because nothing ever works out like you plan it to. So yeah, speaking of business, let's talk more about that. Sure. Can you tell us a little bit about what your business does and do you hire military veterans? Yeah. So I mean, so my, uh, so formal heart consulting, what we do is only hire military veterans and we use the skill set that we learn in the military as leaders and to, and we bring that skill set to software development teams to help them become what we call high performing teams. And, and so a lot of the things that we did in the military is missing somewhat in, in the private sector and in, in the tech space and software development. So the things that we, I just talked about where you'll see teams get paralyzed because no one's making a decision. Well, I, I, I'm uncomfortable if someone doesn't make a decision. So I help drive them to make a decision. You know, when, when you, when you go on a mission or any sort of, any sort of operation or mission in the military, you have a mission that you're trying to accomplish. That's why it's called a mission. And so everybody on, it's really important that everybody in the, in your crew or your unit, your squadron is aligned to what we're actually doing. Well, that skill set. Is the same thing in software development. Like software engineers at the whole team level needs to know why we're doing things and what the goal is so they can make decisions super fast on how best to do it. So what we do is take that type of mindset and work with software development teams to, to increase their their the value that they deliver to the client, to their to their users, right? To the, the reason why they're building software. And so so we drive alignment communication. Um, and then we work on like process stuff. That's really what the, that's the value that we, that we bring to our clients. It's been successful. And I'll even talk like communication for, for a second, you know, just shoring that up on software teams. I mean, this is really simple stuff. Like, so if you listen to this and you're like, Oh, I'd have to be like a software developer to work on a software team. I can't write a line of code, right? I've never been an engineer, uh, in the software space. So, like that's not any of the value that I bring. The value I bring is like, let's say communication, for example. In the Air Force, when I'm flying a C-17, we acknowledge that we're going to put the gear down. 
we acknowledge that I said, put the gear down, we put the gear down and then we acknowledge back and forth that the gear is down. So that type of two-way communication doesn't happen very often in IT. And so a lot of things get missed and there's a lot of, a lot of churn caused from it. So we help shore that up. So what we do at a high level is take that type of skill set. We hire on former military leaders and put them on software teams for clients to help, help make high performing teams. That's great, especially because one of the things that I've noticed um, getting out of the military is mm-hmm. when you're looking for careers in the tech industry or any industry, right? There's there's always a gap of like, oh, you need X number of years of experience in order to apply for this role. And it's hard mm-hmm. for military veterans when they've never been in those previous roles mm-hmm. to fill those years of experience. Are there any kind of transitionary roles that your company um, fills to to help those transitioning veterans out? Yeah, no, I mean, I think you hit on the big problem. I mean, it's a super big challenge. So I mean, I started the company because I saw a gap where there's a high talent pool coming out of the, out of the military that software teams absolutely need. And, and the ability to match those two, like that, that opportunity was there. The hard part though, is, you know, when, if a, a hiring manager on a, in IT, for example, is going to bring on somebody without any direct experience in IT, they're going to take a risk. Um, and so you're really asking them to take a, what could be a fairly big risk because they don't know. And so that's really why people put on, like, you know, you see on job applications all, or job postings all the time that they want five years of agile experience. Well, it's not really what they want. They want someone that, that can do all the things that I had just said really well. But they're not 100% sure how to, you know, how to filter for that skill set. So, so I, I guess a long way of saying is it, it's a huge challenge. It's a huge challenge to, because you need experience to get experience. And that is a frustration, a frustrating thing for, for any transitioning veteran. And it's something that we're, we still deal with. So how, how do you handle it? There's a few things you can do. So one is you can learn to speak the language as much as possible. So, you know, I think the Chamber of Commerce does like an apprenticeship program. You know, Four Block has a great program. There's a whole bunch of just Vets in Tech does, does some really great stuff. Um, Microsoft has the MSSA program. So there's, there's all these different things that are out there that can get you some exposure. So that's, that helps out a lot. And, and so you can at least talk, kind of talk the talk and understand what, how, you know, you can understand technology a little better. And then my advice for anyone transitioning out looking to get in, into tech is just get into tech. Like, find a way. Worry less about what the job is. Worry less about the money and focus just on the experience in tech. Because once you get into a role, you can make that role kind of whatever you want. If you're, you know, if you're a hard worker and, you, and you're ambitious, you can move around once you're in there. But you just want to get in the game. So like, so for example, like if you really wanted to be a, a scrum master, for example, or a technical PM, you may need to jump in as a business analyst and you may need to take like a very junior business analyst or uh, there's like QA jobs out there. So get kind of creative and, and think about what, think about more about how you can get on or get into software and worry, worry about getting into that specific job a little bit later. Or it's like a buffet, right? You just take a take a little bit of everything and, and pick what you want out of it. 
Yeah, exactly. And and so, I mean, I'm sure in your career, you've seen there where there's opportunities for open positions internally that, you know, could, could give you the more exposure to a certain area, right. Or even side things that you could jump into. Right. So, you know, don't be, a, think about it. That first couple of years is just like, Hey, you're just learning what's going on. And the more you can learn, the better, like that's the game. Get experience and learn as much as you can. Yeah. That'll open up many doors uh, for the future. I want to move on to more of the, your, your business side, uh, at least for the, the balancing portion. So how are you able to balance work being still in the reserves as well as having your own business and and running that? You're juggling a lot because, you know, I'm, I'm running a business also, you know, I'm delivering with a client in my business and then have the reserves and family life. And, and so there's a lot of things to juggle. I mean, I had, a, I remember when I was a lieutenant, I had a major tell me I'll never have more time than I had right now as a lieutenant. And that seems to have held up. So, you know, it doesn't ever get less busy. So I would say focus solely on personal task management. Like I just stay organized. I stay prioritized. Um, I knock things out, you know, and stay on top of things. Um, and so, you know, a lot of the same stuff that is, are good qualities for being a, a project manager or um, working in that, in the agile space of just organizing and prioritizing, you know, I'm just doing that constantly. And so, yeah. So the, those personal tools, you know, and, and I'll, there's some out there that I use pretty regularly. Like uh, I'll use Trello, which is a kind of like a task management board, Kanban board almost. I'll use that to manage stuff. I'm big on taking notes and like making lists. Uh, and then I keep my calendars up to date. Like I'm always on my calendar and I think, you know, that doesn't mean that I'm always like a slave to my calendar, but at the same time, um, you know, it, it lets me just stay organized. So, you know, as you transition out, utilize a lot of those tools that you maybe didn't use in the military because you didn't have to. I am a big struggler, if that's a word with using my calendar, (laughs) not very organized when it comes to that. No. And, and I'll, you know, and I'll even like to the yeah the same point, like having your time kind of blocked out and I'll, I'll even block out. I, this is another passion project for me here. A passion topic for me is, uh, is just personal task management and time management. But yeah, I'll even block out. Like if I have to do a certain project, I'll block off time on my calendar and then I'll shut everything else down until I'm done with that. And so, cause there's so many opportunities for distraction that if, if you can get into that habit pattern of finishing things like getting up, doing the work, getting it done and then closing it out, like that's going to pay off. Especially nowadays, right? Our attention spans are so short, like always looking at our phones and you can get a (laughs) notification. Things can get distracted very easily. Yeah. I mean, there's a great book out there called deep work um, that I, I read a while back and um, that's been super helpful as, as far as just how I approach personal management um, it's also great, you know, for how you work with, with teams and how, you know, not to interrupt people and stuff like that. Great. Great. So you've listed two books though. I, I know you mentioned two books that you've, that you've read. Are there any kind of other books that you recommend to people that are looking to transition out? You know, I always try to just read a bunch of stuff. I mean, it's, it's, I know it sounds dumb, but like you should always be reading new things and trying to learn new things, especially, 
when you're getting into a new space. So, you know, if you want to get into the, let's say you're interested in, in the software development space and, but maybe not as an engineer, you're interested in being a, like a scrum master. Well, there's like a whole bunch of books out, out there on, on how to do that type of thing. Um, and so, you know, I, I recommend doing those books and, and like picking them up and just, yeah, just always be reading. I think it's a good, good general, general rule. Any final thoughts or last advice that you would share to the audience? Transition. It's, it's kind of painful because you don't know what you don't know and you're kind of stuck in this, this weird, almost like dichotomy where you think, you know, you're, you know, you've done some really cool stuff and you have, you're very capable. So you feel like you're overqualified for a lot of jobs, but you haven't ever worked in that industry or in this culture. And so you feel like you might be underqualified because you don't know stuff you don't know. And, and it's a really weird, weird place. And see, the only way to get through it is just to put your head down and grind it out. Just keep, just keep taking steps. Things aren't going to work out. And you, you know, that like hard work and grit is pretty, you know, those are th- those, those attributes are, will serve you well. And then network, like network, like mad, right? Like try to just talk to people, reach out to people and make connections with people in the same space as you, like in the same, you know, in the same position. So when you're going through taps, like network with people, connect with them on LinkedIn and, you know, maybe you can help them find a job or they can help you find a job. And so, I mean, that's really the the essence of networking. So, and when you're trying to find a job, treat it like a project, right? Like, you know, get organized organize and figure it out but ultimately you'll get to the other side and when you do you know try to turn around and bring somebody else with you awesome if people have follow-up questions or they want to get in contact with you what's the best way they could they can reach you at yeah i mean i'm pretty active on linkedin um and so just look me up on linkedin i mean honestly that's that's the best way to to do it and uh yeah reach out i'm happy to i'm happy to help and do what do what i can awesome well thanks nate really appreciate your time a lot of good insight that you shared with us today. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It's a fun topic. Thanks for tuning in to episode 14. I'll leave a link in the show notes to Nate's LinkedIn and consulting firm, as well as a link to the books that he recommended. Remember, the skills that are groomed in the military aren't necessarily groomed in the private sector. Use that to your advantage during your military transition. If you haven't already, follow me on whatever podcasting platform you use for new episodes. And follow me on Instagram for other updates. Talk to y'all next time. Peace.